Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I am so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast, and I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community, that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content you can subscribe to this podcast and most of the time you can just do it from your phone from itunes click subscribe and write a review this really helps us continue this path and this journey and we love doing it so much and again i'm so grateful that you're here let us know what you thought thanks for listening I'm so excited that you're here on the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you about an array of different topics. Uh, For the listeners who are just tuning in, do you want to give them a little bit of background uh, of who you are, what you do, and why you are so incredible? (laughs) All right. Um, So my name is Tori Duby. I'm a holistic nutritionist using humor, food, movement, and positive psychology to love myself and my people. And how I came came to that is I just, I mean, it's got to start with me, right? I want to be authentic and I'm not going to tell people to do what I'm not doing myself. So I love myself first and it's kind of like I fill my love tanks and they overflow um, to my clients and the people in my life. And we just find ways for them to find that flow in their own life. And huh, what makes me so awesome is I think I've just had the most incredibly scattered, seemingly chaotic, weird winding road to where I am now. And it all makes so much sense now, but it's included um, modeling, doing stand-up comedy, working for a nonprofit, writing children's books, being a dancer. And they all have just allowed me to arrive fully as uh, the Tory now and to be a bomb holistic nutritionist. Oh my goodness. You literally like that. So the show is over. That was it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How, well, you have to tell us like, how did your journey get to, I mean, obviously I know how you got to this place and, you know, I've, I've followed you since we met uh, almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just so inspired by your dedication, your commitment, your talent, your love, your passion. And how did, I mean, you weren't always this way. Mm. So um, 
What happened? Yeah, what happened? Give us the goods. Yeah, so... Hmm. So I grew up in a family that I, my parents are darling human beings, but I've never felt home. So I was always looking for these scattered passions to really just kind of feel home in myself. And so I think that's why I was always striving to be a perfectionist in these bajillion different areas in life. And that continued long into my 20s, coupled with a really stinky eating disorder for 13 years of my life. And the eating disorder was never the problem. It was just a manifestation of me just feeling this sense of disconnect from who I am. So in dabbling in all of these different areas in life, at the time I thought that I just couldn't find something that I was interested in, that I was broken, that maybe I'm not meant to be great at something. Now when I look back, I realized I was dabbling in all of these things to gather some little gems from them and take them with me to the next thing so I could use those gems at the next pit stop, you know? And yeah, yeah, so I've arrived here. But it all was just a personal journey to heal myself. And foremost, I started with the food and the eating disorder. And that's why I attract many clients who are struggling with body image or with an eating disorder themselves because I can really speak to that. And it really was just a personal journey to heal myself. And along the way, I, I learned these little magic tricks that I now can teach people that I work with. Yeah. I mean, this is such a huge topic right now, Tori, especially in, in the world of, uh, living our lives via social media, right. And, and having that comparison joy killer around, uh, daily constantly just at the at the uh, touch of a finger, you know, we can, we can Mm -hmm. instantly be shifted into a different type of mindset. I mean, I think about having that when I was a teenager going through, you know, similar things, how I, it would have been just even a hundred million times more difficult to have that, you know? Um, Yes. I can't imagine. I mean, it's just, it's so intense. Uh, I love what you said about having your eating disorder be a manifestation of, of the deeper, uh, underlying things. And, and obviously as a, as a coach, you know, that there's always things underneath the surface, right? So for you, like what was the turning point? Like, did you meet somebody? Did you talk to someone? Like, what was the, the catalyst that led you to to these findings, because for some people, like they will go their entire lives, not ever have that moment of clarity. So what was your moment of clarity? Mm, It's a really juicy one. So I was dating a guy who (laughs) was traveling, (laughs) traveling over Christmas. And uh, the plan was he was going to travel with his brother for a couple weeks, come home, change our bags. And then we were off for a week of like, delayed Christmas celebration in Mexico. And so I remember halfway through his trip, I started having these panicky dreams about like his plane crashing. Uh, just, I just knew something was up. And I remember Orly, you had Orly as a guest, Mm -hmm. Orly, we were working together in a nonprofit at the time. And I remember she dropped me off the night before my vacation and said, Tori, I love you. Enjoy your vacation. And I said, Orly, for some reason, I think it's not happening. And she's like, you're insane. Get out of my car. (laughs) 
And so um, I get out of the car and I go to this boyfriend's house and I'm sitting waiting for him to arrive home. And he arrives and I think that uh, he was, I thought he was going to be really excited to see me and he hadn't seen me in a couple of weeks and run and be like, woohoo, we're going to Mexico. And he was crying. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, oh God. And I was like, listen, if you cheated on me, I'll just punch you in the face and then we'll move forward. Like whatever this is, we're going to get through it because I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> he, uh, long story short, just basically said, um, I don't know if I'm straight and I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, oh, wow. I <laughs> laid on the ground and moaned like a sea animal. And there just was, I've never felt pain that deeply before. I called my dad and I was like, come and pick me up right now. He's like, Tori, you are six hours away. I am not driving in my car to come pick you up right now. You're going to take the train home tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Anyway, in that dehabilitating pain, I could not work. I, I just, I felt like my whole reality was shattered and I don't know why that this relationship triggered that, but it really just opened this massive vortex of pain and everything rushed to the forefront. I had to leave the nonprofit with Orly and she was like, what? I don't get it. People go through breakups all the time. Like, why can't you work? And I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> and, um, I went home and because I was supposed to go to Mexico, I had this wide open week open and by the grace of God, or whoever's out there, um, I received an email from Oprah and Deepak saying, hey, our meditation challenge is starting today. And I'm like, I need something. And so <laughs> I went to the basement and did my first meditation. So then I was like, okay, that felt good. For like four seconds during that half an hour meditation, I felt okay. There's something to that. And I just kept following it. Yeah. And I followed it. And it led me to, okay, I'm going to a meditation retreat in the Bahamas. So then I go to the meditation retreat in the Bahamas and we have to meditate four hours a day. So I had a lot of intimate conversations with myself. And one was, Hey, if you ever want to feel good, you got to get rid of this food crap. Like we've got to get over it and you got to yeah. be nicer to yourself. And that is where my journey began. That is an intense, uh, <laughs> awakening. <Dory. laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, okay. So that happened. And, uh, so what happened, so what happened during the retreat? Like, did you have an epic awakening where you were like, okay, now I'm, I've got to deal with this food thing. Like I'm going to go to nutrition school. Like I want to make this my life. Like what happened? Mm, okay. So now this story keeps getting juicier. So oh, one, I kept having nightmares about not being good enough at the nonprofit. So Right away, just in the space of my meditation, I was like, that means I need to cut that out. So, Orly, I love you deeply, but the nonprofit can't fit in my life right now. That's what happened. And then the next one is I was in so much pain. I kept calling home and going, I don't like it. Like, I feel really sad. I don't know what to do. Because it was kind of like the first time I actually let myself feel pain, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, this retreat happened to have an interfaith symposium the same time I was there. So one night they had a rabbi speaking the next night they had a priest. They had, um, a last night they had Dr. Joe Dispenza from the secret, um, the positive psychologist who travels the world teaching people about the power of positive psychology. Yeah. And it was like, he was just speaking my language. That was the magic I needed to hear. Like, okay, if I change my thoughts, I change my reality. Are you kidding me? That's the most magnificent thing I've ever heard. 
So I leave the retreat. I look up programs. I find a program that's starting um, through the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. It's starting in two weeks. I call up. I enroll for a $30,000 program immediately and just dive into full-time school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how soon after? And so where were you living during this time? I was living in New York City. Uh And at the time, I was auditioning and working for the nonprofit and nannying. Like I knew if I nannied 23 hours a week, I would have exactly enough money to pay my bills. So I was like scrounging. And when I came back, I just had so much clarity because I finally was having real conversations with myself. I just had so much clarity that what I was seeking through the auditions, just through acting in general, was to heal. And so I'm going to put that core at the forefront now and school is going to get me there. And I don't know what the heck it's going to look like, but I am willing to rearrange my whole reality to make this happen. Yeah. So I started nannying for 50 to 60 hours a week for one family and just did school full time and somehow crammed in a hundred hours of work into each week. And it just, it happened. Oh my goodness. And you survived. I'm like, is that what you have to do when you live in New York? You do when you are coming from my extremely sad lack mentality. Oh, uh huh. Interesting. So you were in New York for uh, like almost ten years, I think. How long was that? Yeah. Yeah. And and then after that, uh, what made you decide to leave New York? Because you are now no, no longer in New York. I am not. So. I think <laughs> these. I think uh, the universe has to like literally run me over with a Mack truck to realize things. Sometimes, just like that thing with my boyfriend before, I, it had to be so huge that I couldn't miss it. So uh-huh. this time around, I had just finished schooling in March, and I was having my first hosting my first retreat in Mexico that November, and. I already knew I needed to get out of New York, but it just was, I was so intertwined that I just, I just kept telling myself it's more work to leave than it is to stay. Mm -hmm. So I go to my retreat in Mexico and finally there's some silence. Like I, I think literally the Harlem fire department practiced their sirens like outside of my window. It was so loud (laughs) all of the time. I could never hear myself think. So anyway, I get to Mexico and there's finally some silence. And so we do the retreat and we're just facilitating this really deep healing. And I never even consider that I'm going through it myself. And uh-huh. I stay for three extra days and I am just a cry ball for all three days. Cause I just, it just hits me with such clarity, get out of New York. And it, uh-huh. I was dating somebody at the time. So break up with your boyfriend for three years and get out of New York. And you just have to trust those pings. So I get home and I, my boyfriend actually said the words to me that I was going to say to him. And he said, I think you should move home. I'll take care of the apartment, pack up your stuff this, this week. I'll get out of your hair. And it was a really civil, I mean, incredibly painful, but so gentle and nice breakup. No questions asked. And I moved to New Hampshire to figure out what's next. Um, and then since moving home, I've lived in Indianapolis and now I live in San Diego all in the past year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's been, uh, that's been, yeah, because I, I know that when I saw you, you were like m- trying to decide where you wanted to move, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Um, and so what, how, what's that been like, that transition from Indianapolis to San Diego? And why yeah. San Diego? 
So I moved out to Indianapolis because I met my dreamy dream boat man that I have manifested every piece, tiny down to his freckle on his face. I feel like I've journaled at some point in my life and he, and he just appeared. And so, um, yeah, through some just his backstory, we ended up in Indianapolis and I just surrendered to being there and we were great. And then just a couple weeks ago, he found out that he was accepted to the university of San Diego for with, for law school with a huge scholarship. So we just had to jump in with both feet and go, okay, I guess we're moving again. Wow. So that's we ended up in San Diego. Wait, so I want to talk about this manifest manifesting, uh, the dreamboat situation because I think it's really interesting. So, uh, tell us how you did that because, uh, there's a lot of people listening right now and I get a lot of emails from, uh, listeners who are having a really hard time in the new age of digital dating and they're always asking questions and they always want to have people on the show that can speak to it. So I've, I've talked to, you know, a couple of my friends on here, a couple of teachers, and, and this is a, a great question. So um, tell us what your experience has been and tell us how to manifest that person into our lives. Oh, I love talking about this. Okay. So I want to just back up a little bit and I want you to imagine that there are two villages and one is lack village. Oh goodness. One one is abundance land. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And so if you are chilling in lack village, you can't get your mail, you can't pick up your paycheck and you can't meet the hot guy over in abundance land, right? Like you physically, you do not have access to those things if you're in the wrong village. Got it. Can you agree to that? Yes. Okay, so the beauty of Abundance Land is everything that you've ever wished. The perfect guy, the money that you want, the health that you want, the the intimacy, the body, the uh, environment, right? Everything that you've ever thought about wanting lives in Abundance Land. But you have to actually show up to acquire it, okay? And so how do we show up? We need to have such integrity with our energy. And I feel like people hate this answer because they're like, no, just tell me like exactly what to do. I'm telling you what to do. We all want control. This is the ultimate control. Have control of your energy. So how you access abundance land is you are always focusing on how can I be joyful? How can I be peaceful? How can I find ease? And that is in the micro and in the macro. Mm -hmm. So in any given day, if you have a stinky feeling that comes along, we have a choice, right? In, within the stinky feeling, all I am inviting is everything that exists in Lack Village. Mm. Is the man of my dreams in Lack Village? I mean, there might be a man in Lack Village that you attract, but it's only going to end in lack because he's not really what you want, right? Mm-hmm. If I doubt that a man is out there for me, that's again in Lack Village, right? The only option is to go full force and just trust and relish in joy and peace and love. And you have to just know that it's universal law when you exist there. And the more that you exist, everything you want will appear. And so I can be a little bit more specific if you want about what I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So knowing that in this time of healing, when I moved home to New Hampshire and I, again, I adore my parents, but they have no idea what I do. So when I moved home, (laughs) they were like, it is okay that you are a failure. I'm going to send you some receptionist jobs. You know, maybe you could be a personal trainer. Like if I already felt the shittiest of the shittiest, they like added on 10 layers. 
Um, so I just said, okay, all I've got is this bedroom. How am I going to heal? So I made a little meditation corner and I made the vow. Anytime negative emotion comes up, I'm just going to let it flow through me and get it out, right? Because that emotion, it's energy. We can't mm -hmm. dissipate energy. If mm -hmm. we stuff it down, it's going to live in my body. I'm going to let it out. I'm going to wail. I'm going to cry. I'm going to dance. I'm going to let it out and I'm not going to be afraid of it. Two, I'm not going to rely on these old habitual destruction techniques tactics, like texting old boyfriends that I know I really don't want to connect with. It just feels good for ah, them to acknowledge me. Yes. Um, I'm going to ask I'm, you more on that, but continue. Yes. Um, I'm not going to go eat a whole chocolate cake and then hate myself for it. I'm not going to uh, starve myself either. Like just these old things that we rely on because they, they feel kind of destructive and cathartic in the moment, but later we're just sad. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to take the route of self-love. So I made the vow anytime I'm about to crumble, which happened literally 27 times a day, mm -hmm. I'm going to go sit in my meditation corner and I'm going to light a candle and I'm going to journal it out, cry it out, just sit there until I felt peace again. And I was trying to run my business at the same time. So I would be like building a spreadsheet and be like, <laughs> need to go back in the corner. But eventually that became my new muscle memory. And I really, like I felt the shift. It was yeah. like more times throughout the day, I felt whole and real while not having to sit in the corner, right? Like I was just building up the muscles in the corner, but then I could take those muscles out in the world with me Yeah, and, and I could maintain it. And the important part is I knew the distinction. I knew right. the distinction of when I felt there and when I didn't feel there. And my job was only to get back there when I didn't feel there. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. So then I made a vision board and half of it had this man that I wanted to manifest. And I had never put a man on my vision board before. Are you kidding me? In New York City, I don't need no man. Like, that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> so I devoted, I got really honest. And I was like, no, I want a family. I want this man. Like, where's this man? So I had um, this dark-haired, blue-eyed man eating broccoli on my board. And I just called him my broccoli man. <laughs> what? Okay. You cut and it out of a magazine. You just put it on there and, like, he was just, yeah. okay, got it, got it, got it. I mean, to me, it signified like a, a healthy guy with, I just like guys with dark hair and blue eyes. I don't know why. Anyway, I kid you not, through the strangest of circumstances, across from me sits a man who looks exactly like my broccoli man at a dinner one night. And I mean, that's it. We were like, hey, and we liked each other and we did long distance. He was in New York. I was here. And now we live in San Diego together. <laughs> I mean, I just trust the process so much that I, it was like, yeah, of course I'm going to find the broccoli man. So then when he sat across me at the table, I was like, huh, broccoli man's here. And it just, yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. But there, so there, but, but like you said, you had those moments of like, is this person even out there in the world? Right? Yeah, of course. And then, and then all the things that you did to kind of negate man going to abundance land like texting yeah. ex-boyfriends and like mm -hmm. doing stuff like that it's like I think that so much of that has to do with your ability to commit mm -hmm. to this idea to manifesting this person and I think the people out there in the world that are trying to manifest that exact same thing are uh you know fucking up by like keeping people in their lives that aren't allowing that to energetically happen do you know Absolutely. what I mean yeah, because they have, it's like trying to walk in two directions at the same time. There's no movement. There's no progress. You can't walk to the left and the right at the exact same time. 
So either you decide you're going to cut the shit out that does not serve you so you can walk directly in the, the direction of your dreams or nothing is going to move. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I, and I love what you, what you said about, you know, creating a ritual and having like a, a, a routine to make that happen. How long did it take from the moment you, you build this vision board or, and you set the intention? How long after did you meet your, your sweetie? So I moved home to New Hampshire December 14th, and I met Patrick on January 19th. Oh, wow. It took like a month. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that, everyone? You, you too, <laughs> can go to Abundance Land in one month. That's pretty cool. I mean, like, that's, that's quick. That's dedication, though. Um, yeah. Wow. But I had, I had so much more to lose by not trusting it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. And so now, you know, shifting to uh, another, you're literally moved to the opposite coast of of where you were. How has your transition been just in regard to your own energy and how you're dealing with change? Yeah, it's so hard. So I've had three big moves in two years. And the the first one, I nailed it. So my New Hampshire one, I really got it. The next one, I moved to Indianapolis. And so a state I had never even been to before. And I did not nail it. I gained 20 pounds. I reached the depths of my depression that I've felt in probably the last decade. It was kind of like, have you ever watched a scary movie? And then you are, you're stuck in the scary movie for a couple hours after. Yeah. Like your reality is just so distorted. Patrick and I were both there. So it didn't help that we were like feeding like... I was about to lead a retreat and we had convinced ourselves that I was going to get Zika, that I, my plane was going to crash. Like I just was oh. so in the depths of my scary movie oh, that it was goodness. so painful. So, uh, that one was, that one was hard. I had to really just make a choice like, Hey, why don't I live authentically the way that I am teaching my clients to live? But I think I needed to just see the juxtaposition to, to have it affirmed again, that this stuff is real, you know? Yeah. And then so for this move to San Diego, I just was so equipped and ready. I mean, we, we were equipped from the second we decided to do it. We said, hey, if we're moving to San Diego, I mean, Indianapolis is significantly more affordable to exist than San Diego. And we said, hey, if we're moving to San Diego, we are going to do it right. We're going to get an apartment that we love. We're going to furnish it in a way that we love. We're going to make sure that we just feel so supported and abundant. So that was before we even left the state. Mm-hmm. And then driving out here, like packed healthy food, make sure to stop even more than we needed to just felt like we just refused to allow it to feel shitty in any way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've been here for a month now and it's, it's been the easiest transition so far. I mean, I really indulge in the beauty that surrounds me and just make sure that gratitude is at the forefront because yeah, it's traumatizing to uproot yourself and move. Yeah. Yeah. It must be like, I mean, look, I've done it once. Well, mm-hmm. technically twice. I, I moved to Portland four years ago, and then I just recently, before I, I started the uh, yoga journal tour, I moved back to LA, which I've not really felt the transition of that because I I literally got on the road like a month after I mm-hmm. I moved back. So, but yeah, getting uprooted is is totally uh, it's. Uh, disconcerting sometimes and like it's uh it makes you feel scattered and energetically like things are off you don't know where you're 
your routine is, you know, yeah. it's, it takes some time to begin to develop that. What's, what's the, the thing you like the most, um, right now working with, with clients? I know that you, you coach people, but like what, what sort of topics are your favorite to focus on with, with your coaching business? Yeah. So like I said, I attract a lot of women who have a body shaming, um, eating disorder, just kind of in the nutrition realm. And it could even be somebody who's incredibly fit, but they're unhappy, just something around food and body. And I love starting with there because food just offers this really simple, literal equation of what I ingest, I metabolize, and it affects how I show up in the world. So like if I eat a big juicy salad, before I go and speak on a stage, I'm going to feel significantly different if I eat two Snickers bars before I show up on the, and speak on the stage. Right. Yeah. So that, that formula, we first have to master it with food and many people have not mastered it with food because they just don't have the awareness around what our food even allows us to feel after we digest it. Yeah. Um, but once we master it with food, then it gets really fun because we get to expand it out to the books you read and social media and the friendships you keep and even the conversations that you have with yourself. Yeah. Like all of the stimuli, we are ingesting all of it and we are metaboli metabolizing it and it is affecting our perception of our reality moving forward. Yeah. Always. Um, yeah, I think... Lately, too, I've been using a lot of movement with my clients. And why that's so fun is it's really going back to my roots. A lot of my healing had to do with dance. Yeah. And so it didn't feel like it made sense in the equation after graduating school. I mean, they didn't teach us dance at school. But allowing my, authentic, my authentic skills to to be stronger than a piece of paper that says I am allowed to teach movement. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Pairing yeah. that. Um, so that's been really fun too, is just introducing ways to heal through movement. What's your, what's your big vision for the next couple of years? Like what, what's Tori going to do in the next handful of years? What can we look forward to seeing you create? Yeah. So my greatest vision is to be teaching on a humongous stage a mixture of movement and psychology. So that's a vision that I just hold dear. It's on my vision board, so it's definitely going to come true. Um, but in the immediate, I am launching some online courses, which include nutrition and movement. And my partner, Georgie, is a, a healer from Ireland, and she's so brilliant. And we're just pairing this human experience, the human body, with a spiritual experience and marrying the two. So I have some courses coming out around that. And... Um, lastly, I'm writing a book. Yay. Yeah. That's exciting. It is. So that's, that's so great. I have a couple of questions about that, um, okay. which maybe we might want to save until uh, you get closer to launch that. <laughs> yeah. so, so I might hold off on that. But what um, I'm just going to ask you a few more questions. What does freedom mean to you? Mm. Freedom to me is just feeling at peace with what is right now. Okay. After having just such a history of anxiety, anxiety is my personal prison. So being free of that is, is freedom to me. 
Wow. What advice would you give your 15 year old self now? Oh my gosh. Um, to just trust the journey that everything's working out for me. Even, even the things that are seemingly crappy, they're all a part of the equation and it's okay. What advice would your 80 year old self tell you now? Mm. Uh, trust the journey, even the crappy things that are happening. <laughs> it's, all, it's all a part of the equation. That's a, yeah. You know, it's interesting is most of the time when I ask those two questions, it's the same, the same advice. And, and I always wonder why can't we just take our own advice sometimes, you know, know, we're so good at giving out advice to other people, even you, the listener, you know, I'm sure if somebody asked you for some words of wisdom, you'd be able to spout some prolific shit, <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like the minute that we have to turn it onto ourselves, sometimes we, we forget that we do have that internal wisdom and mm we just need to sometimes turn in and, and look within to see what, what our self, big S self, not little S self is mm-hmm. telling, is telling us. Mm. Um, so I created this podcast as a forum, obviously to get to talk to like-minded people, friends, people that inspire me, people in our community that are just doers and that are creating things that make them happy and are creating a, a life of, of, with more joy and less fear in their lives. And Radically Loved is this idea that we are radically supported and held by this force beyond measure. And we are all radically loved. That force is holding our lives together. It's holding our bodies together. It's holding this earth together. So the questions for you are, how do you feel radically loved? And what do you radically love? Mm. I feel radically loved when I dance and I move. I think it's the ultimate combination for me of uh, spirituality in this human body, right? That's where we're seeking the, mm-hmm. the self, the self that's made up of the body and the magic within. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that through dance. So I feel radically loved when I do that. And then what was the second question? <laughs> and then it, it's what, how do I how, radically love? What, who or what do you radically love? Oh, what do I you love, radically love? I love conversations like this. I mean, I listen to other podcasts and uh, just really deep, meaningful conversations. And that's when I'm like salivating. So the opportunity to have conversations like this for me is just, it's just the epitome of joy to me. Tori, you're the best. I love that you're in San Diego now. I can come see you. You're so close. Um, Yeah, my sister's in LA too, so. Oh, great. And that direction. Yeah, that's exact. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited to see you in person. Um, Where can the listeners get more information about you, your journey? And I know that you have tons of stuff that you, you videos and things that you give away for free. So where can people go for more information? 
Yeah, you can go to toridoobie.com for all the videos and the free goodies and info about our next retreat, which I totally forgot to mention when you asked what I was up to next. We're, um, <laughs> you're like, and, and, um, it's in Julutuca, Mexico. It's on the Pacific coast. Um, and it's in March. Yeah. Sorry. Yoga meets nutrition. And we have a big organic garden on site. So we are, I'm like pushing to have our nutrition classes in the garden. Oh, so it'll be a blast. That sounds amazing. So we'll have Tori's links on the show notes. So if you're either on Stitcher, Google Play, or if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on YouTube or iTunes, uh, just click the info on the actual podcast and you'll see all the links there. You can follow her and get more information. And uh, Tori, you are amazing. I, I am always following you and I'm always watching your videos. And I think that what you're doing is incredible. Thank you for sharing your journey with us and for being so authentic and for being real and for sharing your story and sharing your light for with all of us uh, i'm i'm so grateful that we're connected and that we're just part of each other's lives yes amen same to you rosie thank you so much hey everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.